is also during the three weeks. So, as always, in the Chinuch Vadim, we always try and learn the rules of Chinuch. We always try and apply what we see how HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates to us. Because, at the end of the day, we call HaKadosh Baruch Hu Avinu Avarachamon. And therefore, if you're going to learn how we should act as fathers, we should learn that from Hashem. Here Hashem provides, so to speak, a role model of how a father acts to a son, and we're meant to learn from him. And if that's the case, what we talk about the three weeks is really a time of punishment. As we know, whatever wrong happened to Klai Yisrael, basically this was a time which was slated for punishment, especially after Rosh Chodesh. And it's not we know that it's a time which is not a good time for Klai Yisrael. It's a time of punishment. The Hasidic Shabbat already said it's a very heartening thought. That it's not for nothing that the month of punishment is called the month of Av. Av means a father. And we have to remember, even in punishment, there's ways where people can punish. There's punishment by an enemy. There's punishment which is out of retribution, out of revenge. But there's a punishment which is meted out by a father. And if that's the case, even the punishment is tempered with mercy, even the punishment is meant for a reason. And therefore, Davka the Chodesh, the month, the time of the year, when Klai Yisrael relive and remember the punishments that we've suffered, which happened at this time of year, we remember Chodesh Av. It's the month where Hashem is announced. Yes, there's a father who gives, and there's a father who's generous, and there's a father who loves, and there's a father who punishes. But it's still coming from a father. And therefore we have to understand what factors are there about the punishment of a father. And it's not by chance. It's not by chance. The reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as punishing as a father is the first in the Pasuk and Mishnah. The Pasuk says, Yes, Asher Yehav Hashem Yechiach, the one who Akadosh Baruch Hu loves, he rebukes, Ochaov Espen Yirtzeh, and like a father to a son, he appeases him. So in the same passage where it talks about Hashem, so to speak, rebuking, it talks to him in relation to us as a father to a son. Okay, so what's the nature of the punishment of a father? And again, the idea here is also to explain as much as we want to get the Chizok of understanding how Hashem punishes us, but also we want to use this as a way to learn how if, in those situations where as a father we need to punish, what a punishment has to be. So, let's start with the first point. And that is, and this is the obvious one, and we're starting by the Poshet, and we'll get to the Chidoshim afterwards. The first and most obvious point is that what's the matara? what's the purpose of a father in punishing? It's not to get even, it's not to pay someone back, it's not to hurt. The, the matara the father has, the reason the father has to punish, is because it's really to protect. It's really to protect. We spoke about this once before in one of these Chinuch Shurim, when we said a little child is going to do something dangerous. He doesn't understand what he's doing is dangerous. He doesn't understand that running to the road could risk his life. That putting his hands into an electric outlet could electrocute him. 
We don't want him to find out. The consequences are much, much worse. And therefore the first reason that a parent has to punish is to protect. Because it's true that the slap on the wrist that he might get for putting his hands into a socket will hurt him. But it's to protect him from getting hurt much more severely. Much more severely if he's going to actually put his hands in and get, and get the electric shock. It's true that the punishment that you might decide to give him to stop him running into the street or climbing over the wall or any other dangerous activity is going to hurt and he's going to resent it. He's going to be feel the pain of what happened to him. But in comparison to what would have been if he hadn't stopped him, it's much, much less severe. And therefore, yes, it's in the child's best interest, so to speak, to suffer a little bit. If that's going to prevent him doing something which will cause him to suffer a lot. And that's an easily understood point, like I said, it's Fashat. But if that's the case, we have to look at Jewish suffering and understand the same thing. It's Hashem preventing us from a much bigger punishment. Hashem preventing us from a much bigger punishment. And if this is the way to stop us from what we're doing wrong, it's going to hurt relatively a little bit. But compared to the Oynish which there would be if we would carry on what we're doing wrong, the Oynish of Gehinnom, the Oynish of Kafakela, the Oynish of eternal punishment, whatever punishment Hashem is giving to us is minimal in comparison. And it's a scary thing to think about. Because Klai Yisrael suffered severely. When we look at the kindness we're going to say on Tisha B'Av, we won't say Tisha B'Av, but we have said in passes on Tisha B'Av, we look at the descriptions of the Eicha, of children in the street lying parched from thirst and dying of hunger, of people impaled on the, st- on the branches of every tree. We're talking about extreme punishments. And to say that these punishments are considered mild in what Hashem is saving us from, these are considered the better alternative than had Hashem not punished us and let us get to Gehinnom, it just opens our eyes a little bit to the severity of what Gehinnom means. But nevertheless, the principle is true. HaKadosh Baruch punishes us to stop us going further down the slope which is going to bring us to eventual punishment. To a punishment which is even worse. That's the first point. The first point of punishment is to, to protect the person. To show them not to do something because if they will do it, they'll be punished more. Had Klai Yisrael continued down that same path of destruction in Chas Shalom, the results would have been even more catastrophic. Had Hashem not caused the Holocaust, to stop Klai Yisrael's drive towards communism, socialism, Haskalah, reform, whatever other movement it would have been, then the result would have been even worse than what there was in the Holocaust. So that's the first point. A point of a punishment is in order to prevent worse. Now, it doesn't just mean physically. Of course, in the examples I gave of a little child, that you're giving them a slap on the wrist not to put their hands into the electric socket, of course, it's quite clear what the alternative would have been. But there are other cases also. Our job as parents doesn't just extend to protecting our children from damaging themselves physically. Our job as parents extends to things that they could do which would damage them in the future in other senses also. If we catch a child stealing. So if we're not going to stop that, a child who embarks on a career of theft, of robbery, it's going to land him up much worse than the punishment he's going to get from a child as a child from his parents. Whether it's going to be from the court, whether it's going to be from the police, whether it's going to be from rival gangs, whatever it's going to be. 
That's a much worse alternative. Much better the small parent punishment he gets from a parent which will teach him not to steal. As an example. And you can take any other example you want as well. So that's the first point. What's the focus of punishment? Why does this have to be said? Because unfortunately it does happen that parents are people. And sometimes a child does something to disobey, doesn't listen, embarrasses the parent, whatever it's going to be. And if that's the case, if the parent's going to punish, it's not from trying to prevent the child from harm. It's revenge. You'd hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. You didn't listen to me, I'm going to show you. You dare disobey me, um, I'll, I will take revenge. I will punish you for your disobedience, whatever it's going to be. Punishment like that's not the point. Hashem doesn't punish like that. Hashem doesn't punish because he's, so to speak, taking revenge on us. Punishment like that, the person shouldn't do. It's only destructive. It's only destructive because it doesn't achieve anything as punishment, and because all it achieves is it damages the relationship between the parent and the child, which is exactly what punishment is not meant to do. So that's the first point. The, the, the point of punishment. The point of punishing is to prevent somebody from a bigger problem later on. And yes, as my minim, when the children are old enough, this doesn't apply to little children like we'll see, but for older children, as my minim, we, we don't want them to get to be over and avarice, which in the future will be much more damaging to them. So better a small punishment now than a big punishment later for a child who's being over and it's on Hashem. So that's the first point, the point of punishment. If that's the case, how severe does punishment have to be? And the answer is, uh, severe enough to make the point, not more than that. If I dare to take revenge, then the more he did wrong, the more I'm going to punish him. The worse the crime, the worse the punishment. That's not the point. If the point is to prevent someone from what they're doing, then the minimum punishment which will do the job is good enough. It's good enough. I don't have to go to more severe draconian punishments right away. Something which does the job is enough. It doesn't have to be physical punishment. Denying somebody a privilege. Or showing them sometimes that you're angry. Or whatever else is going to be, which is enough to prove the point. It's enough to show someone that they did was wrong and they'll learn from that. That's good enough. We don't need more than that. And here too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu works that way also. Hashem never starts with severe punishment. It's only when the little punishments and the small punishments and the reminders don't work that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to intensify them until we wake up. And this is the famous Ramam everybody knows. He says that if a person or Klai Shal together are suffering at Sarah, it's a call for us to wake up and examine what are we doing wrong. And if we don't wake up and we don't take cognizance of the sign that Hashem is giving us, says the Rambam famously that this is derech achzorius. It's cruelty to ourselves. Because then if we don't learn from the lesson that Hashem sent, He's going to have to send a stronger lesson. If a mild punishment doesn't work, it's going to have to become a more moderate punishment. And if a moderate punishment doesn't work, it's going to become a severe punishment. And therefore, when we're on the receiving end, we should learn from the punishments which are mild. They don't have to get too severe. And if we are on the giving end as the parents, we should start with the, with the mild punishment first. 
If that does the job, we don't need more than that. The idea of punishment isn't to be, so to speak, what you call Chivasa Mishka. It's not there to give kapara. The idea of punishment is there to show that to show a person what they shouldn't be doing. And then again, if it doesn't have to be in a physical sense, then that also works. The idea is to prevent the person doing wrong, then it can do. Another point here. Another point that needs to be said. A father is not a based in. Based in sometimes, when there's Adam in certain circumstances, are instructed to punish. Not to correct, to punish. And the reason why Basin are given that jurisdiction is Basin's job is to protect society. And therefore, somebody who, through his actions, is damaging society, whether it's because he's a Retzeach or a, physically harming people, or because he's a Balavera, he's spiritually harming people, Basin to protect society. And to protect society means punishing the wrongdoer, Basin have to do that. A father is not Basin. Your job is never to punish the wrongdoing to give him kapara. Your job is to correct and to show someone what they did is wrong and therefore to train them not to do it again. And therefore the punishment doesn't have to match the crime. It's enough to wake somebody up. That's the second point. The third point. This is, I'm just studying again, something which in simple logic is, is obvious, but nevertheless needs to be said. And that is if the point of punishment is so that a person shouldn't do something wrong, it's only effective if, number one, a person realizes why you're punishing them. They remember what they did wrong and they connect the two to each other. Otherwise, there's absolutely no point in giving a punishment. The punishment's only effective if a person realizes this is what he wanted to do or what he did do and is being punished because that will, as because he's that is meant to show him not to do it in the future, or not we shouldn't have done it, not to do it again in the future. If you don't have those factors, and the punishment is just cruelty for no reason. Therefore, number one, somebody's already forgot what they did wrong. A little child who doesn't remember what they did wrong, they don't understand why you're punishing them. There's no benefit to that. They're not going to connect the punishment to what they did because they don't remember what they did. Or, if they're too young to understand what they were doing was wrong, so then also, they'll feel punished, they'll feel hurt, but they'll have no idea what they're being hurt for. They have no idea what did they do that they're being punished for. And therefore, there's no point punishing a child who doesn't understand what he did wrong first. If you can teach him, this is something wrong, and therefore don't do it, and the punishment is therefore he associates that what I did was wrong and I won't do it again, okay. But if a child's too young for that or doesn't understand, then the punishment doesn't achieve anything. So, for example, a little child who, whatever he does wrong, but he's too young to understand, and after we punish him, this is connected to the wrongdoing, so he's not achieving anything. He'll just think you're hurting him for nothing. If that's the case, a child that age has to physically present, physically prevented from hurting himself, but you can't train him what to do. A child so small that he doesn't realize the road is dangerous. He keeps crawling into it. To hit him doesn't help. He doesn't realize why you're hitting him. What's it going to do with the road? The only protection for such a child is you have to be a shamer. You have to physically stop him going into the road. 
It's only when the child is old enough to understand what the connection is between what you're doing to him and what he did, and why why he did why what he did was wrong. And he remembers what he did, which was wrong, and then he understands that doing that brings a punishment, so then he can make the association that he won't do it. Less than that is not possible. When you have two babies in the house, and the one hurts the other one. So people naturally feel that they have to hurt the aggressor. The two-year-old hurts the one-year-old, or the one-year-old hurts the baby. So we have to hurt him back. Teach him not to hurt. What's that going to achieve? He doesn't realize what he did wrong. He definitely doesn't understand what you're punishing him for. So if that's the case, the only thing you can do is separate them or watch them, protect the baby. But to punish the one to help the other one isn't, or to teach him a lesson isn't teaching him a lesson. He doesn't understand the lesson he's trying to teach. Agav, this is so it brings us to another tremendous understanding, which is actually comforting. And that is HaKadosh Baruch who works the same way. Hashem is no point punishing if people don't understand what he's punishing them for. And if that's the case, the interest you meant to learn is if Hashem does punish us and did punish us, it's because Hashem expected us to learn something from the punishments. Just to say, well, we don't understand what Hashem did. So there's nothing for us to learn because we, we, we can't understand why, Hashem's, why Hashem is punishing. Then undoes the point of the punishment. It undoes the point of the punishment. It makes the punishment ke'ilu for nothing. The point of the punishment was that we were meant to learn. And if Hashem punishes, it means we're meant to take heart from the fact that means we're meant to be learning something. We're meant to be learning something. And Hashem expects us to learn something. Otherwise, what is the point of punishing us? And again, this is in the first Apostle. The Apostle says, Lashav Mukh, I afflicted your children for nothing because you never took the lesson. If you didn't take the lesson, the punishment was for nothing. It wasn't to Dafka coming, so to speak, to give Oynesh. To take revenge. Hashem doesn't work like that. It was to take Musa. To learn a lesson. And if we don't learn the lesson, that makes the punishments for nothing. And therefore, when we do see punishments, in lower learning, we are seeing punishments. The understanding is, there's something we're meant to be learning. Now, what are we meant to be learning? That's a good question. There's something that everyone's meant to make generalizations on behalf of everybody else, or something everything everyone's meant to understand for themselves, and look into what they did and see what they meant to fix up for themselves, that could also be the case. That's not the discussion right now. But the aside is that if Hashem punishes, we're meant to learn from it. If we don't learn from it, then either the punishment was meaningless. But that's not the end of the story. Then Hashem will bring another punishment because maybe the next time we will learn. Because at the end of the day, Hashem's matara, Hashem's goal remains the same. The point of punishment is to protect us. To protect us from doing more damage to ourselves with what we're doing wrong than what the punishment will be doing to us. And that brings us to the next point. Also an important point. And that is, therefore, punishment isn't forever. If we understand the message, why are we being punished? And we correct the mistake that we're being punished for, then there's no reason for the punishment to carry on. And therefore, Hashem's punishment is temporary by nature. It's if Klai Yisrael learned the lesson, then we don't need to carry on the punishment. It's only if Klai Yisrael are not learning the lesson. That's why we're being punished. Right now, we're in Goddess. 
we've been being goddess for a long time. But it's not because Hashem predicted or determined that the goddess is going to be that long. It's up to us. It's up to us. When we learn the lesson that we meant to learn, when we correct what we meant to correct, then the goddess will end. We say this. We wait for Mashiach every day. Because it's up to us. If we would do Chachava, then Mashiach would come. And that's the same you said. If you're going to punish your child, it shouldn't be a punishment which is forever. That you've lost the privilege forever. You're going to lose, I'm going to take something away from you forever. Forever means there's nothing the person can do to rectify it. Then it's just punishment for the point of punish, sake of punishing. If the point of punishment is so that the person learns the lesson, that the person improves, that the person changes, then the way to say it is that you, a person's punished until they change. Until they're going to do better. Until they're going to apologize. Until they're going to do chuva. Because punishing like that then gives the person being punished the opportunity to make amends. The opportunity to get better. The opportunity to change. And that's better than what we want. We're not punishing to punish. We're punishing to change. So punishment should be in the way that it gives the person opportunity to change. I take something away because the person is misusing a toy in a way which is dangerous or when in a, for an older child in a case where it's also on Shabbos, whatever the case is, until until he realizes that he needs to change, until he realizes what he did wrong, and then he, and he wants to and he wants to be, he wants to apologize, he wants to make amends. Then that, then that makes it up to him. You aren't mechuyev to remain punished. You aren't mechuyev to remain punished. It's up to you to change that. If two children are fighting and I decide to send one, the aggressor, out of the room, it's not forever. It's until he wants to stop. Until he wants to say sorry. And then it's up to him to do when he wants to come back. And what do we gain by this? No one has to feel punished forever. And that's an important point. That's an important point. A person who feels, oh, well, I've been punished, he feels like a victim. No one has to be a victim. It's up to you. Whatever benefit was withheld from you, whatever was done, was because it's to stop something happening, because of what you're doing, and it's up to you to choose when you want to change, because that's when it's going to stop. So you don't have to feel sorry for yourself. You don't have to feel you've been punished. It's up to you to stop being punished. That's the third point. And the fourth point, and this again we learn from Hashem, and that is the pasuk we mentioned before. I heard, I'll tell you a pshat in that pasuk, which I heard B'Shem Rafam Zichron Lirocha. Okay, Hashem that the one Hashem loves, he chastises, and like a father who appeases his son. Says Rafam, what the Pasuk means is that every time after Hashem gives a Makkah, every time after Hashem gives a punishment, he'll afterwards show an extra degree of Ritsui, of appeasement. Because the danger with punishing is that a person feels that the one punishing him is his enemy. It's Ke'ilu that he feels he's being punished out of hate, out of anger, out of distance. And therefore, after punishment, HaKadosh Baruch will always show extra ritsui, to show that he hasn't distanced himself. 
he still loves us. The punishment was there because we needed it, but he still loves us. Rafam said this when he's talking about the that the when Eretz Israel became a Jewish state after the Second World War. So Rafam said this he said. He said the punishment the Holocaust was a punishment. But afterwards Hashem had to show an extra degree of Ritsui. An extra degree of showing he still was closer to Israel, so that he wouldn't feel rejected. You wouldn't feel rejected because the possibility of punishment is that the person feels I've been rejected. Like Yirmiyahu and Novi felt after the Khurban. That's exactly the feeling Yirmiyahu ends Eichel with. He talks about the punishment, he talks about the pain, he talks about the suffering, but he ends with a rejection. Ki astana. You have completely rejected us. You're exceedingly angry with us. The feeling of being punished is that we've been rejected. And that, in a way, is even more painful. Even more painful than the punishment. This is Yirmiyahu's, so to speak, final cry. We've been rejected. And it was only afterwards, when we saw the nais that Hashem did in Babel for Yichalani Mishal Vazarin, this nais of Purim which Hashem did in Paris, then we saw the kim of the Pasuk. After all of this, after all the techacha, all the rebuke of the curses of the Torah, when they've been dispersed and scattered in the enemy lands, I didn't reject them. I didn't despise them. We saw that. We saw that later on only. We saw that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu still did Nisim for Chanayim Mishra of Azariah. When HaShem still did Nisim for Klaish from the time of Haman. Then we saw we hadn't been completely rejected. But before that, the feeling of Khurban was we've been completely rejected. And that's a more painful feeling. No, we don't want that to happen. Just like Hashem doesn't want us to feel rejected from Him, He tells us in the Torah, I'm not going to reject you completely. It's the same thing. When we punish, we don't want our children to feel completely rejected. After you punish, you have to be miratze. And it's the same you said. Because if punishment is coming from a point of the parent wants to punish, then he's not going to be miratze afterwards. No, the punishment was deserved and I'm happy I gave it to him. Let him feel it. That's not what the point of punishment is. The point of punishment is in order to help the child. So then part of helping the child is to show you, show him, I'm not punishing you because I reject you. I'm not punishing you because I hate you. I'm not punishing you because I'm so angry that I can't relate to you anymore as a child. I'll punish because that's what you need. And others are Sharitsi. Yes, you have to slap the toddler's hands so he doesn't put his hand into the electric socket. You have to separate your older children from fighting because it's not good that they're fighting once someone's going to get hurt, whatever it is. But follow it up with closeness. When it's a little child, follow it up with a hug. When it's an older child, follow it up with explaining to them. I have to ask them to leave the room, but I'm going to come and talk to you in your bedroom instead. It's not meant to be rejection. I perceive our Kaddish Baruch the same principle. Hashem can punish. And Kaddish shall need the punishment. But it's a Cha'av is Ben Yirtzeh. There's more to talk about. Obviously, the way a person punishes, obviously it can't be at the heat of the moment. It can't be out of anger. Because then it's understood as being something which is not for the child's benefit. That's the other questions. There's one last point that I want to say. And that is, that is, if one wants to get a message across 
then punishment has to be consistent. It can't be that sometimes a, a crime is punishable and sometimes it's not. Then there's no consistency. An example we gave before. If you see a little baby going to the road, you're going to stop him every time. If you see someone doing something dangerous, you're going to stop him every time. You can't afford to let it go one time. And therefore you have to think carefully what is worth punishing. And what's at this stage is the right stage where the child's holding, that it's something you need to punish. Obviously, if it's physical safety, 100%. You have to protect his life every single time. If it's a spiritual safety, if he's at the age where this is going to make a difference, then once again, if you decide this is something which you have to make a stand about, then it's something you have to do every single time. If it becomes inconsistent, then the message gets lost. And therefore, before a person punishes the first time, he has to think, is this something which is important enough, and this is the stage and the age of the child's development, that this is something I'm going to have to work on changing, work on correcting. Because if it is, then it's going to have to be consistent. It can't be sometimes when I'm in the mood I do punish, sometimes in the mood I don't punish, sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not okay. If that's the way it's going to work, then you'll never get the message across, even when you punish. Because the child's going to say, it's not so bad what I'm doing, because sometimes I'll do it and nothing happens. If that's the case, he's going to think, my father's having a bad day, that's why I punished him, or whatever other reason that is. And that's why I think carefully before you decide what are the crimes that you're going to make a stand about. What are the points you're going to be mapped on? Because if you are going to take in the campaign, then you're going to take it till the end. Now, this is a different discussion. Obviously, we talk about different stages. In each stage, what we expect the child to be doing at that stage, where we expect them to be holding at that stage, and therefore, where we can make expect where, where we can make rules and then enforce those rules based on the age and the stage of the child's holding. That we can talk about in a different time, different stages and what they are. And when's a normal time to expect a child to say brachas, to keep Shabbos, not to lie, not to steal, not to hurt, not to whatever else it is? That's a different point. But the it is, and that is the same idea. If a person punishes because he's lashing back, and he can hit harder, so he'll put the child in place by hitting him back, or by yelling at him, or by punishing him, then it will depend on his mood, and it will depend on how he feels right now, and it will depend on how much he's worked up. It's inconsistent by nature, and completely ineffective. Mashaikin, punishment is coming with the mindset of being part of Chinuch. Then the first point is, what's the point of trying to mechanech now? Is this something which right now I should be dealing with, or should be leaving my child until he's older and not touching it? And if that's the case, if I decide this is not the right time to deal with it, it could be it disturbs me. It could be I don't like it. But from the child's point of view, it's not the time to take it on right now, then I'm not going to punish it. But when I do decide that this is the right stage, and it's the right time to try and correct, to try and prevent something negative, to try and train someone to do what I want him to do, or what I feel is right for him to do, then that same machshava, that same bias that I had in making this decision, has to be consistent has to be consistent. Once I make a stand about something, it has to be always. I'll finish with the line I once heard from Machanach, and he said, most parents train their children to do the wrong thing. Most parents train their children not to listen. Why? Because if they're going to make a stand on things which they know the child's not going to be able to do, or they're going to issue instructions which they know the child's not going to be able to keep, what they're really doing is training the child not to listen to them. Or train the child to do things which I know they're not meant to be doing. And therefore, other, a big chachm in chinuch is how to keep quiet. You have to know when not to get involved because it's not going to work.
And like we said before, the point of Chinuch, the main point of Chinuch, isn't what the child's doing today. The main point of Chinuch is the eye to the future. What the child's going to do in this Nadat. And if right now he's doing things which are wrong, but right now leave him. Because now is not the time to train him on it yet. Leave him. And maybe he's doing the wrong things now. Hashem isn't the of a child. He's not going to bend us. But when I do this, I know this is the time to train him. Then it has to be a mahalach. Now, now, consistently, I'm going to work on it. And once again, it comes to the same point. Hakadosh Baruch does this too. We say Hashem mikamoicha be'elim Hashem mikamoicha be'ilmim Hashem. Among those who keep quiet, because very often we do things wrong, and Hashem chooses not to punish. Yes, every avayr is going to bring us kehinah if we don't do tshuva. But if it's not the right stage now to punish somebody, it's not the right stage to train him. He's not going to learn the lesson. Obviously, he doesn't understand what he did wrong. He doesn't connect it to what he did wrong. He won't grow from it. He won't make whatever it is. Then a Kodesh Baruch can keep quiet and wait. Because Hashem's motivation is what's best for us. And if right now to punish us is not what's best for us, we won't do it. Our motivation will be the same. Even if it's something which is disturbing us now and something which we would one day want to change, then think a second. If now is not the right time to change it, then now is not the time to punish Yes, it's wrong. We'll let it pass. When the stage is right, when the person's at the stage where we can train him, that's the time to start, and you'll find it'll be much easier. To train someone who's not yet ready for something, the person is counterproductive because you're really training in the other direction, not to listen to you. And even now, it's much more difficult. The person has the patience and the chachmah to think what's the right stage, what's the right age, that the person's receptive to it and he can understand you then you'll see that the Be'at and the Chinuch process itself is much easier. It's much easier. But the main side is, well, that's the Chinuch. What's best for the child, but what's best for the child, what he's going to become, Be'ez Hashem, when he becomes the adult, is not over Hashem.